I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics from personal stories to hot button issues. We cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to Frau Pow, where your host, Auden Rags. So I have an idea of a topic today. Mm -hmm. Very rare that I have an that's idea not, of one. That's not true at all. You have lots of really... Well, you have lots of ideas. <laughs> I have lots of ideas. They're not always good ideas. Uh, I mean, mine are not like, they're usually half cocked, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I want to talk about self-diagnosis. Um, yeah, I don't really know, like, what you mean by that. Like, are you self, self gonna Do you want to talk about one thing in particular or? N no, I just want to talk about, like, I don't want to talk about self-diagnosis of, like, anxiety or depression or something, like, bigger than that. I want to talk about the actual, like, self-diagnosis on how people get, re some people are really upset that people take this route and other people think that it's a viable route. Don't get me started. Don't even get me started. And I'm in the mm -hmm. camp of, I think it's a viable route. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, for certain things. For certain things. Um, but I think I think it's a viable route for, a, for most things. And then that's where it splinters off, where there are certain boundaries that you don't really go past. Right. right. So um, I just think that like if you're looking into self-diagnosis because you think you might have ADHD or you think that you might be like on the autism spectrum or you think that you might have like EDS or something along those lines. I think that self-diagnosis is a really good starting point mm -hmm. 
because otherwise you don't know where to start and you don't even know how to talk to your doctor about it or like a, a healthcare provider. Or like what to ask for or like what to, yeah, how to exactly. report your symptoms. Right, exactly. But like then you have a confirmation bias, you know. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, confirmation bias is basically like reading the symptoms and being like, oh, I have this because I, I'm paying attention to me doing that right well, now. And I think a lot of like a lot of things, I mean, whether it's like a physical or a mental um, thing that you're talking about, they can be really general. I mean, I'm just talking mm-hmm. from like my side where it's like, yeah, I've been having I've been sick, like low key sick for, you know, over two years now and like nobody knows what's wrong with me and I can mm-hmm. see that um how empowering it could be to like self-diagnose um because and like advocate for myself in that those ways and like at like ask for certain tests or like you know like use it to frame a discussion with a practitioner of some type and right I mean it, and unfortunately that hasn't really panned out in any way but you know, like I can, I can see that that would be really like, you're like, okay, I can not like what's wrong with me, but like, even just like, what is going on with my body and my mind? Or like, why do I see the world differently? Or why do I Mm -hmm. feel this way? And other people don't seem to think that's normal. Right. And I think that's where, you know, like we, we're walking this really thin line of, these medical providers, doctors, licensed therapists, whomever, they have a license and schooling and education for a reason. Right. You know, their degree on the wall is not for decoration. But at the same time, you also live in your body. You live in your brain. You you know things about yourself that maybe you're just you don't either like feel comfortable disclosing to other people, even if it's a medical professional, mm-hmm. or you don't even think to disclose it because I don't know, like you spent, maybe you're an adult and you're looking for a self-diagnosis because I think that's a lot of, like a lot of adults I know do that. Um, you've spent so much time in your life living a certain way mm-hmm. that like you might not necessarily think that that's worth disclosing. Because you've just taken it as status quo, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that I think that self-diagnosis is to an extent a viable option. If you take it with a grain of salt, you take the step back and check your biases, but then also do some sort of action to it, um, such as like actually follow up and go see a medical professional and whatever you're experiencing. So if you think that you might be experiencing symptoms of depression and anxiety and or anxiety, like, can you then follow that up with, you know, a therapist to go get treatment and actually see if those are what you're experiencing? Because if not, you know, such as what we experience with Voldilocks, it's actually a symptom of ADHD, Mm -hmm. you know? And this is just something that's been like rattling around my brain since that episode, because like, self-diagnosis can get a really bad rap because of people playing like the trauma olympics essentially mm-hmm. um also because i was just on reddit google like just googling it and yeah i want to know like what brought this like why were you looking this up on reddit like dark um, could be I a just, dark hole. i just i i went down a, i went down a rabbit hole yeah. to be honest i went down a, an internet rabbit hole 
And I was interested to see people's opinions on self-diagnosis. And it's interesting because there seems to be like two main camps of like, yes, it's good. And no, absolutely fucking not. Like, that's bullshit. Um, And I seem to be in the camp of like self-diagnosis is good. It's like a starting point. I think it's a I think it's an important starting point. Yeah. Um, But then there's the other side of self-diagnosis that I think a lot of people don't talk about. And that's the lack of access to medical professionals because you don't have insurance. You're just not in an area like you don't live close in proximity to specialists. So like you kind of need to have some sort of starting point to even consider pursuing that specialist. Like, for instance, what you're going through odd with your stomach issues. If you didn't have a starting point, you wouldn't even know to like seek out, you know, the tests that you have to take or to, you know, think about the food that you're eating. Well, and I also think like, People don't take certain types of, like, med- the medical system um, don't take certain types of people very seriously when they come in mm-hmm. and talk about their symptoms. Um, right. I, you know, female and femme-identifying people tend to be, their pain um, tends to be, like, the medical system tends to think that they're, like, over, like, what is, what is the word? Not overacting. Being melodramatic. Right. It, they overlook it. They, yeah. it. They're quick to dismiss. I, I mean, I got told that my stomach pain was because I was eating too many leafy greens and because I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes, mm, no. yes, but everybody has like stomach pain. So I'm like, no. Like, I've been sick and I feel I've felt this way for a long time. I, you know. I think it's a bit of a myth. Uh, like, you know how you hear people like saying that they have like like raw iron stomachs, like they can eat anything and nothing makes them sick. I think that's a fucking myth. I want to meet a person that's like that. Like, I mean, I used to be fuck you and your stomach. I used to be that way. Like, I used to think that. And then I started realizing how bad I felt all the time. And I have so, and I it's so it is not true. I used to think that so basically you were just in a state of denial. Yeah, or my stomach just got worse, like somehow, like suddenly appeared with symptoms. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, I used to like just like eat whatever. I mean, I ate mostly he- like healthier things, like not like lots of junk food and stuff. Um, I mean, I do eat junk food, but like, I was trying to like you know eat more vegetables and things as you know vegetarian. Um, or just as a human, a human who's getting older. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I'm going to stop talking about how healthy I am because I <laughs> eat tortilla chips for lunch. So. And you're going to have breakfast for dinner. I am. It's going to be delicious. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I've just, my brain's been stuck on it and you know how my brain is. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went onto this rabbit hole and I just find it interesting because there is confirmation bias. And right. I think that's important to acknowledge. And I think it's important to be skeptical and critical of any sort of self-diagnosis. But I think that I think it's important. I think it's important in the 21st century um, to start your journey to healing or understanding of yourself or something along those lines. Um, but 
I also see like how some people are like, no, self-diagnosis can be bullshit because then you have like the people who play the like oppression Olympics and the trauma Olympics Ooh, cards. And it's just like really good YouTube drama about this. Right. And it's like those people can really ruin it for the people who are just looking to have some sort of clarity in their life. Right. And so two things. One, I think sometimes that the people don't necessarily like don't maliciously uh, self-diagnose to like get attention. I want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I mean, except for what's her face? Gypsy Rose's mom. Um, You know, that's. Munchausen's by proxy is like a different story, but um, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, there's still something else like that's m- not missing, but like something that needs to be addressed, obviously. So mm-hmm. whatever that need for attention and validation, wherever that's coming from. Um, one, the second one is that I think with like the internet now, like, you know, you're talking about the 21st century, that the internet has like, obviously really great, amazing things. And it's like a wealth of information and it's providing that access and information to people who might not um, have access to it otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. But also like it could be such like in like the web MD, like overload of like information um, mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe you have food poisoning or indigestion and you think it's cancer. Um, but that's happened to anyone I know before. Um <laughs> And, um, but on the other hand, I think that, again, I think self-diagnosis is, should always be like only the first step because I can't say at least for my journey and like mental health stuff, at least going in, um, and seeing a professional and having them recognize what's going on with you and like being able to label it and not just for insurance purposes, but like being like, oh yeah, like I see what you're experiencing and that like, yes, yeah, that's right. And it is like the most like validating and amazing mm-hmm. experience to be like, okay, right. I am, I'm not like seeing or hearing or like making the stuff up inside of my mm-hmm. head. Like this is, yeah. this is something that's actually going on. Well, I think that's another part of it is that when you, you go through this process of like self-diagnosis, there is a lot of times this question of like, am I making this up? Like, is this is this actually real? Did I actually experience this? Or am I like, is this the confirmation bias of like, I'm reading it, so now I'm paying attention? Or, you know, that that those those anxieties, those worries. Hold of like, on. Am I faking it? Hold on. What? So you're talking about like how you're like supporting self-diagnoses, right? Then why uh-huh. can't you get fucking on board with horoscopes? I don't understand. Wait, no, because I'm saying that self-diagnosis should still be treated with skepticism. Okay. And questioning. Okay. I'm saying that it's a good starting point. And then you go from there. I'm not saying that's the end all be all. Okay. So fuck you (laughs) and your star sign bullshit. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I didn't know I had so much to say about self-diagnoses, but. I mean, what do you think you have someone in um, that's close to you that um, has hypochondria? Like, how do you think stuff like that plays into self-diagnoses? Um, I think that uh, I think that this person. I think that he he doesn't necessarily diagnose himself and be like, oh, I have cancer. 
or any of that. But instead, he fixates more so on the causes of whatever malady he makes up, Mm -hmm. be it actually like a real issue or not. He his type of hypochondria forces him to hyper focus on what could be causing the the inconvenience or the discomfort or the malady. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that sense, he goes way too overboard. He like weighs out everything that he eats and drinks and everything. He goes down into the micronutrient level of like the types of fats that he's taking in. Um, So it, it, I think it's a little bit different because Mm. like he, he's not necessarily, I guess I wouldn't necessarily call it self-diagnosis because he he's not really diagnosing. He's just hyper fixating on what he think m- thinks might be the cause. Um, I mean, I know but, nothing about hypochondria. Oh. So I'm just like, just curious. Oh, no. He he fixates on what are the causes, not necessarily thinking that like, oh, my God, I have cancer or, you know, I have swine flu or he doesn't think that he's going to get coronavirus. But instead, he wants to know every single microscopic cause that would be affecting what he's experiencing. Mm-hmm. So um, he's like the hot zone. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, information, not in terms of like germs, just like one clarify. Right. Right. But like he's also a scientist. Mm. So he's like thinking that he's having a very scientific outlook. And like when you talk to him, you're like, you can tell that you're a scientist, bro. Um, but like if we pivot and talk about my partner where she thinks that um, she's looking for a self-diagnosis of EDS and like you sit there and she's like, well, you know, I have this, but I don't have that. So maybe I don't actually have EDS. And then you're like, no, it's it's not a checklist where you have to check every single box. You just have to check most of the boxes. But also with, I mean, just with EDS, you have to have a genetic confirmation bias. Right. Well, I mean, that's bias. That's, well, that's the other thing. So when in my in my rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, Basically, they're saying, well, if it's a genetic marker, you can't really self-diagnose. Right. But I think, once again, you can to a certain extent. Because it's a genetic marker, it's going to have physiological effects that you can measure to at least get you moving in the right direction, you know? So, like, you can have, like, this hyperelastic skin or you can have these hypermobile joints that most people do not have. And yes, it's a genetic marker, but it has measurable phenotypes that you can notice and say, okay, I think this is what I have, so let's go get tested, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just, yeah, I think that, like, even if it is something that's genetic, a lot of times it still affects something that you are experiencing and that you live through, whether it's emotionally or, like, psychologically or presents physically, you know? So and I that's where a lot of people are like, if it's genetic, you can't do it. No, I still think you can. You just once again, you start with the the idea that you might have this. Mm-hmm. Then you go see a doctor. Then you go get the genetic test, because if you didn't have like it's a day and age where you need a referral for everything. So if you don't know you need a referral, how are you going to get one to get a diagnosis? Mm-hmm. And this is why I believe in functional medicine. So, yeah, I I mean, I didn't realize that self-diagnosis was going to be a hot topic for me today, but it's... I, but then you went on Reddit. And then I went on Reddit. But, like, I just find it interesting because it's not... 
it's not a perfect science and I'm not expecting it to be a perfect science, but I think that's why self-diagnosis to me is okay because it's not a perfect science. It's a diving board to get you to start moving in the right direction. I mean, what have, have you self-diagnosed yourself with something besides shingles? <laughs> I still think it was shingles. It's not shingles. Uh, I mean, I think like, I definitely self, before I started seeing a therapist, I definitely like, I did a lot of research into anxiety and depression. And that was one of the reasons what pushed me, you know, three or four years ago into starting to go to therapy. Um, I think like, if I didn't do that, it probably would have taken me a lot longer because it took me a while. And I initially self-diagnosed for OCD. And then basically I, I had a therapist back it up when she saw my behaviors and, you know, the things that go through my head, essentially. Um, I also self-diagnosed with non-epileptic non seizures. And then I went to a neurologist to make sure that they weren't actually real, like proper epileptic seizures. And then again, therapist backed me up when we talked more about it. She did more research and we talked about everything. So like, I, this is what I'm saying. Start off, Google what you're experiencing, learn about it, read everything, the good, the bad, the things that you don't agree with. Not WebMD. That, not WebMD. Although WebMD got a lot better, but like go read as much as you can. Um, I, I wouldn't say read the controversial stuff, but when, when you start getting going, you don't always know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And then go seek a specialist in it to, you know, either confirm or deny. And if it if you're denied, that doesn't mean that, like, you're a perfectly normal human being. It just means that, like, maybe that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, especially with this so. physical stuff, I think um, it's really hard because you, your body, all the systems within your body are so interconnected. Um, mm -hmm. And so, uh, well, and so it's like, obviously all of your mental health is uh, is so interconnected. And so when you start pulling one sort of thread loose or one of your Jenga blocks out, um, you have to be aware of what else is going on. And so maybe if you think it's one thing, it could be something different, but connected and related. Um, right. You know, so I like, it could be a lot of different things, but that's why you go and try and get it verified by um, a practitioner who can help you like better navigate. But right. That also takes a lot of a, time and resources. Time and resources and like accessibility to try and get that done and advocate for yourself. As I know that I've been advocating for myself for a really long time for this like stomach stuff, and I still don't know what's going on, and I still like have no clue. Like no one knows. Yeah. So no, it's that it it is it does suck. It's hard because it's like you. You obviously know that there's something. I wouldn't necessarily that there's something wrong, but there's something different. There's something not typical. And you've matched it up to box A, whatever box A is. You go, you get checked. Box A is one, you know, they say it's box A. You go get a second opinion. No, it's box B. Right. You know, and that, that's what my partner is experiencing currently is that she turned that might have been misdiagnosed with Crohn's 16 years ago, you know? And, like, that that throws your whole world for a loop. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're, 
you're normal and you're healthy or whatever, that just means that like now you have to go find the box that fits. Yeah. And it sucks. But I think that for a lot of people, it's I think it's worth the time and effort. But I can also understand how sometimes it takes so much resources and so many spoons and so much energy to do that, like, seeing a doctor can suck and advocating for yourself can suck. And being misdiagnosed over and over, because I've been misdiagnosed for my migraines over and over, it sucks. And when you finally get somebody to take you seriously, it's the greatest thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have all the answers for you. I have literally been tested for celiacs. I think this will be my fourth time coming up. I have to go get more blood drawn. Have you tried drinking more water? Oh my god, seriously. Have you tried drinking more water? Have you tried the supplement? Have you like tried this like powder? Have you tried healing crystals? Oh my god. I wish healing. I would absolutely try healing crystals if they actually worked. I had a doctor once tell me I needed to take an Epsom salt bath every day, which I am not against, but also like is that really How is, that gonna- is that really fixing the problem? Yeah. Yeah. My my favorite is when people are like when people diagnose you. Oh yeah, that's people not who okay. Are, yeah. So like me going and googling the things that I'm experiencing is okay. You telling me what I'm experiencing in your non-medical professional opinion. Even in a medical professional opinion, I'm just saying like always take with a grain of salt. They are also still yeah. human. They are also still human. And once again, chances are you're not telling them the whole truth either because of you just neglecting information because you don't you don't think that's pertinent or like you don't even know it's worth saying um, or just like sometimes they have their own medical biases because that's the world that they live in, you know. But yeah, like if you're a non-medical professional, do not fucking tell me what I have or what to do to fix myself. If you are a medical professional, I'm still going, I'll hear you out. I still might tell you to go fuck yourself mm-hmm. or at least go get a second opinion. Oh, yeah. What's really fun is when doctors, to once you get a second opinion, then they argue about it and they're like, that one is wrong. You could not absolutely have that. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And then the other doctor's like, no, there's like no way that that's not true. That's what I'm experiencing right now. And it's really fun. And then it's like an episode of House where it's not lupus. Nobody has lupus. (laughs) No, it's fucking lupus. Always lupus. It's always fucking lupus. (laughs) But yeah, I just, that was my rabbit hole. And I think that it's something that's worth getting me started about. Oh, yeah. I think it's. I think it's an interesting thing to think about just, again, because of the age that we live in with, like, the internet and you can be connected to information, like, like an infinite amount of information. Mm-hmm. And it's... Yeah, and also, like, I think it's not just the age, like, the time period that we're in, yeah. but I think it's also the age that we are as human beings. I feel like that when we were kids, a lot of our parents overlooked some of the stuff that should have probably gotten noticed and treated a lot sooner with earlier intervention Mm -hmm. and now that we're at an age where most of us have like some sort of resource to actually start a self-diagnosis and then go get the proper care for it i think that for people our age it's 
becoming really popular and also necessary to do a self-diagnosis first to move forward with our lives. Yeah. And I think just like the way that the medical field is changing now, like there's always new information and new studies coming out and like I like things that weren't being diagnosed, you know, 15, 16 years ago are now mm-hmm. becoming things that you consider just because we're learning more stuff and like. Right. Like diagnostic markers being more prevalent in boys than in girls or something like yeah. that, you know, uh, things that are becoming more known now weren't necessarily known 20, 30 years ago when people in our age bracket needed it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, thanks for listening. Um, how do y'all feel about self-diagnosis? Have you self-diagnosed yourself? Um, let us know. You can send us an email at frailpalepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can always find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at frailpalepodcast. And as always, my friends, don't Don't be be a a dick. dick. Kate will line it up. It's fine. We love you so much, Kate. Bye.